Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her anniversary companion, Philip Gilfus. Aw, we made it a whole year, baby. Right. Well, not this show, but our marriage. Well, yeah. Yeah. And as long as we're married, we're going to do this. So, presumably, we'll get, what, 50 years of this in? I think I think that would be perfect. That's right. And appropriate. We'll have to put it in the vows whenever we renew them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're spent the weekend at the beach and uh, did some Doctor Who things, which we'll talk about here soon. So it's been a nice, relaxing time. Yes, we caught up on our uh, Marvel universe as well. For the most part. For the most part, we just need to go see Black Panther now, and uh, hopefully, and then, we'll get it before it leaves the cinema. And then Infinity War will be here probably almost by the time you listen to this, depending on how things go. Yay! I'm so excited about that. Yes. All right, well, before we get to our anniversary topics, um, for those who didn't hear us talk about it last week, or even if you had, we just wanted to mention again that uh, the Nerd Party Network, the podcast network that we are lucky to be on, um, has unfortunately been hit by a legal claim. Um, unfortunately, uh, the the people who are making it, though, are asking um, for less what it would be than to actually go to court. And so it's just one of those deals where um, the pragmatics have to make us, um, you know, have to start a fund because, of course, none of us have money. It's all volunteers. There's no, you know, nerd party headquarters corporation. It's just volunteers. And so what we've done is we've started a GoFundMe um, to help us fight this legal claim. It's over at GoFundMe.com slash the nerd party. Um, we're asking those who support our network and support our podcast to help donate um, whatever you can to help us uh Fight this legal claim. Uh, every cent donated will go towards our legal defense fund. So, um, if you can uh, find it uh, in your uh, budget, please, please help us out. Yes, give us the link again, baby. It's GoFundMe.com/slash/TheNerdParty. Excellent. Right. So, anniversaries. That's right. That's what we're talking about today. What a coincidence that it happens to be on our anniversary. Yep, we're very lazy with topic selection. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening in our lives today and how can we relate it to Doctor Who? Is that how we do things? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, the Doctor Who franchise is well known for celebrating anniversaries with style, much like us, my love. Indeed. Usually with a multi-doctor adventure. So we've talked before about some of the 50th anniversary specials that took place on the telly. However, there was one special that year that took place on audio as a big finish production. So we're going to discuss our review of the audio adventure The Light at the End by Nicholas Briggs. And for those who don't know, uh, Nicholas uh, Briggs, of course, is the voice of many things in Doctor Who, primarily the Daleks, mm. and so, but now he is uh, sort of the, I don't know, big big guru head over at Big Finish, and so he does a lot of the uh, productions there, is in charge of a lot of the productions, and so 
The Light at the End, which was a 50th anniversary thing, um, was written and directed by Nicholas Briggs. And to remind us how we came upon this particular audio. Exactly. Uh, when we were in um, London uh, the other year, I suppose, at this point, um, we went to The Who Shop, which, of course, we 110% recommend yes. for anyone in London. Just look it up on Google Maps. The Easy Who- to get to, not too far away from the tubes. Yep, so The Who Shop, and... And it has basically everything you ever want. Um, it's Doctor Who related, probably. And I asked one of the gentlemen that worked there. You know, they have, of course, have all the big Finnish productions there for, for purchase. And I basically said, look, it's, you know, there's all these things. I don't know where to start. And he's like, you know, what would you recommend as my first big Finnish purchase? And so he recommended this, the light at the end, because he said, look, it's, you know, a multi-doctor adventure. That way it's something to sink your teeth into. I'm sure he didn't use it in those terms. But so that was how, how we got it. Yeah. And it was interesting because this actually isn't the first one we listened to, even though it was the first one I bought. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Big Finish, uh, you know, certainly check out their website. But often they'll have this sort of 99p sale. Um, like, it seems like almost every week at this point. But anyway, so a lot of good titles. Um, well, I say I, I've only listen to two but um for 99p and who can argue with that yeah and no, so, that's a, and it's a great way to try something out exactly and uh-huh. and there's a nice big finish app that i downloaded so you can sort of buy it on the computer because you can't really unfortunately purchase it through their app yet or if you can i don't know how to do that but anyway but then you listen to it on the app and so it's all very convenient listen to it in the car so we actually listened to our first big finish production which i'm probably gonna get the name wrong something like the horror at Glam Rock or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Which was an Eighth Doctor adventure, mm. um, which was which was, I, I enjoyed. You know, we're not doing the review of that episode, but, but I enjoyed it. Um, but I guess before we get into specifically the light at the end, generally, what do you think of an audio adventure of Doctor Who? I think, I, personally, I struggle with audio things like this because I... Because I'm doing other things, inevitably, just listening to something. I I have to be doing other things, and so then I think that I miss things. Um, Like which characters are speaking sometimes, which is less convenient than you might think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really love it as an idea. I like that, particularly because um, the Doctor Who television episodes can sometimes, it can be many, many months, if not years, before another one comes out. Right. And so this gives you a chance to to follow your characters in another way. Um, and I love the fact that they're doing, uh, that there was a lot for uh, number eight, because of course we just get him in the film. Um, and with, the mini-sode. And a, and a mini-sode, yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's quite nice when, you know, some of your favorite characters, the actors are also getting more work as well. I like that a lot as a concept. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and even though, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but even though The Light at the End is ostensibly a multi-doctor adventure, it kind of is framed as an eighth doctor story. Yes. And so, the and then the horror at Glam Rock was an eighth doctor story, so... Uh, we've been getting a little, little Eighth Doctor um, for us. And, and I have to say, and again, it's only just been this little much, but I'm I'm really into the Eighth Doctor. I like Paul McGann. I, I think even just in audio form, I, I think, because the TV movie, you don't get much because he's going through regeneration, so it's hard, hard to sort of get a 
you know, and finding his identity exactly. as part of that. Yeah, you can't really get a taste of his character. So in the minisode, um, the Night of the Doctor, it's off the top of my head, where we sort of get the the, the of course we get the end of the Eighth Doctor um, with the time war going on. But I, I just think Paul McGann. I would have loved to see him do a series um, on television. So I think the fact that he's gotten to live his doctorhood in audio form is, is definitely great. Cause you know, you don't want to waste Hey, he's a great actor just I mean, on his own, but mm. you know, this doctor who what we got from one TV movie and you know, not, you know, it's just sort of almost quote unquote wasted. And so I'm glad we get to live that on. Yeah, absolutely. And that he gets to as mm-hmm. well. You know, you sort of feel like he got the short end of the stick. Yeah, sort of the asterisk doctor. As far as doctor. the doctors go, yeah. yeah. Well, I think John Hurt's probably the asterisk doctor. But <laughs> I get your meaning. I get your meaning. That's true. And so, um, yeah, as far as the audio, I think it's interesting. Again, having only listened to two, so I, you know, I just can't judge the whole um ideal by it of course i'm big into podcasts as we're podcast creators ourselves but audio dramas are a little bit of a different thing but i i I think it's interesting how much they don't try to lead you which can be both a plus and a minus like you got to just kind of fill in bits it's not like hey look at that thing which we're looking out the window and looks like this and that and this and the other it's more like look at that sound effects and then the react you know that they're not 100 buying into the audio and that they're gonna have to describe everything for you they're like we're just going to write this thing, and it's up for you, the audience, to fill in parts for yourself. Yeah, although I do think there were pl- there are places, you know, I sort of bumped on a few places, not in a negative way, but just being aware that, oh, it's very clear that they're writing for an audio audience rather than a video audience. And there are times, I think, where they're not afraid of silence. Because I, I feel like if you're writing audio, you constantly want to be something going on, and, and then sort of like, oh, look. Yes, I see. You know, this sort of very mm. stuff, and so it's 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 very interesting. Yeah, and I and I go back and forth between picturing the scenario in my head, picturing trying to picture the story in my head, and picturing whether or not all the actors are in the same room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want them to be, but I don't know if they are. <laughs> I want them all hanging out, but or, I don't know that they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just also from an audio perspective, there's things I think about, like how you would actually do this that I think are cool. You know. But that's that's just me. So let's get into uh, the light at the end. Um, and it's sort of hard to figure out how to mix it up there. But uh, I guess I'll just give a framing device. Again, this is the 50th anniversary special. And so the story sort of revolves around November 23rd, 1963. Of course, the day that uh, Doctor Who uh, debuted. But it's sort of this all the doctors, basically, that we'll talk about here in a moment all get this sort of red light appearing on their TARDIS from nowhere. That they've never seen before. They've, they didn't even know that red light was there. And then they all get a message to go to these specific coordinates that are November 23rd, 1963, specific place, specific time. And it basically, long story short, it all ends up being this sort of pocket dimension created by the Master who's drawing power from the Big Bang or something like that. Time is folding in on itself. Yeah, to destroy the Doctor and and all this stuff. It's sort of a typical master diabolical plan. And and we go from there. But but that's sort of all the Doctors and and their companions getting involved and and defeating the Master at the end. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) Yes, exactly. No one ends up dying. Uh, I know. Sorry to steal everything there. But I I thought instead of kind of going chronologically in the story, which is actually very difficult, we Mm. would just go by the doctors and their companions. So there are, I guess, and I didn't see it on the credits list, but there are one, two, and three doctors do make 
quote unquote an appearance. Mm. It doesn't sound like them. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. In my opinion, the guy who whoever's doing the second doctors did a real good job. First doctor, okay job. Third doctor, not good at all. Um, but that's just me, and I don't, you know, that, that's my opinion. People, my, and my husband is very judgy, so I please keep uh, that in that, mind. That's true. <laughs> um, but there's, there's sort of brief appearances for those three doctors because every obviously with every other doctor they have the actual person still there, mm. so everyone else is sort of passed on by this time. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about the people who were actually there. So first, uh, darling, we had the fourth doctor and Leela, of course, Tom Baker and. Louise Jameson. Now, I know you're not familiar with Leela, but you're familiar with the fourth doctor, so would you sort of think of his appearance? Yeah, again... Brief, I, I, I feel like, of, of comparing everyone. Quite possibly. For me, because I don't know enough about these doctors, these five doctors, it was difficult occasionally to pick out voices of mm-hmm. who is who. So seeing ha, them ha, with... Ha, yeah, I'm funny all the time. Um, so... A lot of times I would just have to go on the companion. You know, whenever he said Leela, I was like, oh, okay, that's who this is. Um, so, so yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because you get some pairings. And you get the fourth Doctor and the eighth Doctor hanging out, which I think is cool. Because, again, the eighth Doctor we know so little about. And the fourth Doctor, who we know so much about, because he's sort of the classic Doctor, um, you know, that most people know. And it's just, you know... An interesting one, obviously, you never see on screen, unfortunately, just because of, you know, Tom Baker's a little longer in the tooth now. I mean, he could probably, he still has played the Doctor, but, you know, he just wouldn't be the same. But anyway, but to see the, sort of, the, the, the them going together is just an interesting mix. Like Ramalama-Ding-Dong? There you go. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed to me that the, the fourth Doctor sort of had the, like, if you actually look at lines, and probably had the briefest appearances, but was still fun to listen to. Mm. And Lilo is, is a, one of my favorite companions, so, you know, you can... It doesn't actually say, like, oh, and she pulls out her dagger, but you always know she's pulling out her dagger, because yes. that's what Leela does. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we have the fifth Doctor and Nyssa, of course, voiced and played by Peter Davison and Sarah Sutton. What do you think of their turn? Um, that's sort of... though They were the ones who um, basically were in... Actually arrived November twenty third. They're the ones who dealt with the guy Oh, yes, and, the and they were the police officers, and yes, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. It was interesting to hear that sort of interplay as they're pretending to be police officers and discovering the tiny people. And it got a little muddled in my brain because mm. they're tiny people, but we don't understand why. And anyway, but yes, th- this was a pretty complicated story, I think, for an audio. It was. It was. A lot of moving parts, a lot of people. Um,. You know, if you're doing your act breaks or your scene breaks, could they have been cleaner? Maybe. But like I said, there's a lot going on. And so I Mm. guess, you know. Yeah. And like I say, for someone who who knows all of these doctors well, or at least four through seven, because nobody really knew the eighth doctor particularly well, uh, this must have been absolutely delightful to have everybody back with all their companions. You know, I think (laughs) I think that must be a lot of fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought the and, and one of the conceits of the story is that when the doctors and their companions are in their respective TARDISes, they'll have visions um, of well, I, or the other doctors and companions in their time streams will appear sort of as ghosts or spirits. And so sometimes it's lines we haven't heard yet, or lines we 
have heard yet, you know, in the drama, because they're sort of, you know, in different time points. And sometimes it'll be people who aren't even actually in this story. Like, for instance, I heard, um, uh, oh, Lordy, um, some of the other Fifth Doctor's companions. Like right. Tegan, I heard her, when she's credited, um, and some other folks. Um, so, like, I think you can hear voices of sort of Jamie and Polly um, and uh, Ian and Stephen and Susan, and basically all the classic uh, companions. Of course, not all appear in the, in the story full time. Uh, whether they just took clips or whether they just had him come in and do mm, a few lines. Yeah, they're echoes. Yeah. As the time collapses thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess as you say, you definitely obviously need to know the voices of all the folks to appreciate it. But even if you don't, you can still just know. Because, you know, you can, you can always play the part of the companions, um, you know, who don't know who these folks are. I thought one thing that was interesting is that, you know, some companions, and I know we haven't finished the list here, but some companions... If not, I'm trying to think of them, have no, don't know that the Doctor can regenerate. And so almost every companion is like, well, wait, who's that? What do you mean that's you? Mm. And the, the Doctor sort of has to explain to his respective companion, oh, by the way. Gives a, us a good opportunity to revisit regularly the <laughs> regeneration process. Yeah, like in some ways, I guess maybe if you're going to critique, it can get repetitive because they all almost have that same conversation, but it, it didn't bother me. Mm. Um, so then, then we also had someone you do know, um, the sixth doctor and Perry played by Colin Baker and Nicola, Nicola, uh, Nicola, Nicola Bryant. So, uh, would you think of their appearance? Yeah. Yeah. Perry, I could recognize relatively easily, uh, with the accent. So that was fun. I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's Perry. I'm not that crazy about her, but never mind. There she is. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the writing, I mean, to, to Nicholas Briggs, because obviously that's what I concentrate on, not only just the voices of, hey, but is, you know, all the characters seem on point. I don't think anyone was saying things that their doctors wouldn't say. And so, you know, Sixth Doctor was, in my opinion, as annoying as usual. <laughs> um, nothing against Colin Baker. But, uh, you know, it's just, just the way the, the character is. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um and then we had the seventh Doctor and Ace with Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred, who was, you know, seventh Doctor, of course, rolling R's, even if there are none in the word. <laughs> and Ace is always a lot of fun. She's one of your favorites, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she blew something up in the story, which she always often does. Yeah. So that's always good. Yeah, and I, like, for instance, you know, they, when they were... Um, traveling in the mud or whatever that mud tunnel or whatever mm. i mean but like sort of every doctor and companion sort of get their their section of the story i mean there are times when it's everyone together or or some people with some other ones but they also sort of get their sort of moment in peril yeah, kind of thing right yeah. and that, that was sort of theirs with mm. ace getting to blow stuff up um but you know i'm trying to remember was it ace that, the, that described all the different doctors Quite possibly, was it yeah. Beetle haircut. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the ones, but yeah. And then, of course, we had the Eighth Doctor and Charlie, played by Paul McGann and India Fisher. Mm. And of course, we've only done two audio Eighth Doctors and the video, but for us, Charlie's completely new. Yeah, yep. She's an audio uh, only companion, of course. I suppose, obviously. Mm. Um, but she's not the same one as the one we listened to in the glam rock. Right, that was Lucy. Lucy. Yeah, and there's actually, we did... Played by Sheridan Smith, who I like a lot. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, this one, because we listened to half of, of another one, which I can't remember the name of for a second, um, which did have Charlie in it. Yes. Charlotte. Is, yeah, I don't think it was half of, I think it was the previews to one, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, but, but on anyway. the next episode. And yes, so we got introduced to Charlie and then actually see her in this one. But I think even in this one, she's still sort of new as a companion, um, judging by how she's reacting to things. Um, but yeah. Now, sort of the villain, of course, as we mentioned, is the master. And now this is something I had to look up, because I guess I'm I'm still learning the franchise, too. This master was voiced by Jeffrey Beavers, who actually played the master for real. All right. Um, very briefly. Not I, for real. That, that's so <laughs> condescending, darling. Played uh, it in a television th- version as well. Exactly. Um, and other folks may know this, but I, I've sort of seen uh, this serial, but I guess I just, you know, no reason to connect the name to it. I'm not a master expert. Um, it's, he, he basically played the master in the one episode it was the first, it was the fifth doctor. Uh, it was Nissa's first uh, appearance. And then it was right before, um, Ainley took over the master role because that he was playing Nissa's father and who basically got body got taken over by the master and became the master after that but Jeffrey Beavers played the master for that episode for that so he returns as the master and sort of I think that was when I was listening to the audio a part of me was like you know where is this in the master's timeline you know who does he know who does he not know and it's revealed a little bit um because not going in I didn't know he was the same guy who had played the master before so it was slightly confusing me, like, did they bring in a new guy, or, you know, blah, 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 who does he know, who does not know. But if you listen closely, he will say, oh, I don't know you, I do know you, mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we should do a master timeline at some point. Exactly. I don't want to, though, because what a bad guy. <laughs> but some great, played by some amazing actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Actress. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... um yeah, it, it, like I said, the story is it can be confusing at times. It's two discs long. Uh, it's a running time of about 120 minutes. But I was, was going to say about two hours. Yeah, yeah, but it goes fast, I feel like. Of course, we were yeah. hard on a long car ride, so maybe that's what helps. But. Yeah, and I think, I don't think necessarily for me it was the best starting point mm-hmm. simply because I wasn't able to know as recognize voices as quickly as you were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a really good one, and I'm looking forward to to listening to more. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I really want to talk about the glam rocker one, because it had all of these people in it that we know. Well, it's funny, of course, our joke, as, as with many things, you know, you're watching British television, and there's only... Ten actors in the country, um, you know. But, yeah, yeah, yes. But the same thing with the audio. We're listening like, that sounds like. And we Google it like, it is. That's yep, like, okay. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Including a boy band singer. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. you knew him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's funny. But uh, we'll come back to that another time. In the meantime, perhaps we should jump into the TARDIS library, my love. Yes, speaking of anniversaries and multi-doctor adventures, uh, we thought we'd talk about the first multi-doctor adventure with The Three Doctors uh, that premiered on 20th December 1972. It was part of the 10th anniversary, of course, because the next year, 1973, would be the 10th anniversary year. And we have a synopsis uh, from TARDIS.Wikia, if you want to read that, my darling. I do. Time itself is in peril. 
the Time Lords find themselves besieged by a mysterious enemy. Vital cosmic energy is draining into a black hole, and the Doctor is their only hope. Trapped in the TARDIS, however, he's powerless. The only way out is to break the first law of time to let the Doctor help himself. Literally. So, what do you think of? I, I quite enjoyed this. Um, again, you know, with, with Doctor Who, they're in the same way that the Doctor always lies, the Doctor canon often lies. And so breaking of the, the, first. the first law of time, it, it happens <laughs> um, in most anniversary specials, let's be honest. But this was the first time. Um, and I liked the fact that the Doctor played the hero. Mm-hmm. In terms of only being able, uh, he was the only person who could help the um, the, the Time Lords. Uh, I quite liked the special effects. Uh-huh. They were a special sort of special. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. No, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, and, and just uh, as a framing. Um, of course, with the one, two, and three of... The framing is obviously a third Doctor story with John Pertwee, but the second Doctor comes back with Patrick Troughton, and even the first Doctor, Bill Hartnell, um, comes back in, in a limited role, but still appears. And, yes, although, and, although you can see him reading his lines. Yeah. But well, that, that just made me giggle a little bit. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, it's because of, of health reasons. Yeah, yes, I think he only yeah. di- he, di- he would die, I think, two or three years later after this story. Um, but, I, you know, when I first heard about the first Doctor appearing in this, I thought, uh, it'll just be one scene, and poor man, you know. I'm glad they, you know, brought him out. But then he actually, in like four, I mean, he had it was all sort of on video. But still, I mean, he he was a presence. He wasn't just sort of an. Uh, I guess we got to write Bill Hartnell in here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you say, he there was no movement. He sat in a chair and was on video for all of the bits that they saw him in. But he was in a lot, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like. It felt to me like the writers were trying to include him however they could. And in this case, as you say, because of his health, he he couldn't do as much moving around. He was having a much harder time memorizing lines, so he did have to have them available uh, nearby. But they wanted him to be just as integral a part, and, and I respect that, particularly because his leaving the first time was a little bit difficult, involuntary. I guess. <laughs> a little bit involuntary, but again, that was partly due to his age and health, yeah. and health and things like that. So, um, so I thought that was really nice that that he was able to be involved. And I like that. Occasionally how- in color, sometimes in black and white. <laughs> that was a little inconsistent, but other than that, I guess the time lords are still using anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it, the way they made his character sort of be the coming together point because he sort of had the two, as all doctors do when they meet, they bicker, 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 but. When two and three are sort of bickering, and then the first actor sort of being like, "All right, guys, let's work together now. Come on now, <laughs> yeah, sort yourselves out." Yeah, I got the uh, dandy and the whatever replacing me. I can't remember. Dan- uh, dandy and the clown. Yes, is that yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but of course, for our companion, and it's difficult to know if it was the first doctor who said that so sneeringly, or if it was Bill Hartnell who said it so sneeringly. <laughs> Um, but for the companions, of course, this being the third Doctor in his time on Earth with Unit, you have sort of the Brigadier, um, yes. and you have Joe as his current companion, and you have Sergeant Benton there at Unit, so those are sort of the ones there. Of course, they all, right, at least 
the brigadier and, and the sergeant, Benton at least, both knew of the second doctor, which caused some, a little bit of confusion, obviously, for them during this, this serial. And so, yeah, I thought it was, it was interesting. We had some other sort of side characters that were brought in, but I thought, I almost was surprised they came back, because it's sort of usually, you know, you start a Doctor Who story, and you got some people who just disappear or die, and you never hear from them again, but they actually, oh, they came back, oh, they actually didn't forget them this time, and so it was interesting. Oh, bless. Yeah. Everyone lived, I think. Yes, yeah, everyone survived. Also appearing in this episode, Bessie. That's right, the car, yes. Uh, I was afraid when she disappeared, that was it for her. I know, when she disappeared into the fantastical special effects. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it, it was, It was. I don't know, because even though, I mean, Patrick Troughton had not played the Doctor for a little bit at this time. I mean, I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head how many years, but he was, I think, still in fine full form. Of course, he would come back later with the Sixth Doctor, but nevertheless, I thought it was... You know, it looks like he he was had just left the TARDIS the other day. The way he was playing it, yeah. Except he was in color, yes, <laughs> but still looking for his recorder and uh, yeah. I I was also I was expecting the way this was set up initially. I was expecting this to be another master episode. Uh-huh. Um, so I was quite surprised when it was Omega, Omega, yeah. not Omega. Yeah, I mean, you may think it's Omega, and half and the people may pronounce it. Half the people may pronounce it that way, and it's definitely spelled that way. Okay. But it's definitely Omega. 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 Yeah, that E yeah. will play with you, especially a British E, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was, for one thing. <laughs> Well, for one thing, I'm glad it wasn't a master story because it's always a master yeah, story. Yeah, no, I was too. Oh, I was too. I mean, I get it, people. We like the master, but I, I really could do with less of a master story. At least, and there's nothing to change it. They're all done. You can't go back in the past and change Doctor Who stories, but just too many master stories. But anyway, that being said, yeah, we do. But not enough mistress stories. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, but we do get some Time Lords again, which I think is, is sort of funny when you watch classic Who, just how. Um, how common the Time Lords are with New Who, you know, oh, last yeah. of the Time Lords. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so having, you know, been introduced to Doctor Who as a New Who person, when you go back and watch class, there's just Time Lords, time Lords everywhere. everywhere, yeah. <laughs> we go to Gallifrey yeah, every other well, week. Yeah, and the, the um, I, th- I think the New Who, at least more so in the beginning, was so adamant that he was the last Time Lord, the last Time Lord, the last Time Lord, the last Time and, mm. and so then to go back in time and be like, oh, my Lord, what is happening here? <laughs> Literally, oh, my Lord. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were we were very, uh, you know, we were watching at the beginning where they're at unit headquarters. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, oh, they got zapped. And, oh, no, phew. Luckily, we finally made it to a quarry in Wales. We were worried we weren't going to get there. <laughs> Where have they vanished to? Well, inevitably, it's going to be a, cor- a Welsh quarry. Yes. So, you know, definitely a good recommend. And I think, you know, for the first multi-doctor story, I thought it went really well. I thought all the doctors got to have their moments. and No, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I quite enjoyed that one. So what are we going to talk about next? Well... Darling, for next week, um, we're going to spend a little moment on the ladies, and that's the Time Ladies. Or, Speaking or, of Missy? Yeah, you know, we're Time Lords, gender neutral, however term you want to use, but basically the female uh, members of, of Gallifrey. Excellent, excellent. And there are actually a reasonable number to, to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it'll give us some insight into what the 13th Doctor will 
will bring to the table. Yeah. I'm quite excited about it. Sure. So let us know what um, your sort of favorite multiple doctor stories have been and maybe any big finished productions you recommend that we listen to. You can always contact us on Twitter at Join the Nerd Party or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the nerd party. And we do love to hear from you. And also give them the GoFundMe page. Uh, it's always good to remind them at the end. Sure. Yeah, just one more time. If you can help the nerd party as they fight their legal claim, you can go to GoFundMe.com slash the nerd party. Well, until next week, darling, you're my favorite wife and co-host to spend every anniversary with in all of time and space. We've only done it once, baby. That's why you're my favorite. Oh, okay. Reasonable. This is BBC Television.